Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Welcome to Jason Powell's Pro Wrestling Boom Podcast, a production of ProWrestling.net. Get ready for the latest news, analysis, and interviews featuring big names from the world of pro wrestling. Here comes the boom! of the Minnesota Vikings. Check out his sports talk radio show at KFAN.com. We have a fun show of wrestling talk lined up for you today. My good friend Brian Fritz of BetweenTheRopes.com is back to discuss a wide variety of topics. We get into SummerSlam, NXT TakeOver, 30 Raw Underground, the Retribution Faction, Chris Jericho playing Sturgis and whether he should be allowed to appear at the Dynamite tapings, The Rock acquiring the XFL, and more. It's a fun show, as always, with Brian, who I think everyone would agree is among the nicest guys you'll find in the pro wrestling media. The busy WWE SummerSlam weekend is right around the corner, and then Labor Day weekend brings the AEW all-out pay-per-view. Things finally feel like they're starting to heat up in pro wrestling, with several companies also stating that they're on the verge of returning. As always, we're keeping you up to speed on all of it at ProWrestling.net. Remember, you can enjoy ad-free access to our website and unlock a ton of weekly audio shows. So before we get to Brian, here's everything you need to know about ProWrestling.net membership. If you enjoy the Pro Wrestling Boom podcast and Pro Wrestling audio content, then I know you're going to love becoming a member of the ad-free version of ProWrestling.net. The members hear the weekly flagship .NET Weekly Audio Show with Jake Barnett and I discussing all the news of the week and sometimes including some first-run news items that have not been reported elsewhere. Members also have access to a decade of audio content with interviews and exclusive audio reviews of Raw, SmackDown, NXT, Ring of Honor, Impact Wrestling, and the list goes on. They also hear our audio reviews of all the major WWE, Ring of Honor, and Impact Wrestling pay-per-views and NXT TakeOver specials. Plus, we're adding more New Japan Pro Wrestling audio content for their major shows. Help support ProWrestling.net and the Pro Wrestling Boom podcast by signing up today at PWMembership.net. Back on the boom, and my guest today is no stranger to the show. He is the man behind the Between the Ropes Empire, the podcast, the old radio show of the same name, and of course, BetweenTheRopes.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Brian Fritz, and it would be really strange if he had that Twitter handle and had a different name, but he does not. Brian Fritz, welcome back to the show. 
Thanks for having me. And by the way, Brian Fritz is actually my alias. I've never given out my real name. Hey, that's smart. Yeah. I got, my name is uh, not Jason Powell either. Um, I don't know. Maybe we should. We, we really should come up with aliases. I don't even know what they would we be. We should. Um, yeah, I have to think about that. I mean, I could always use my porn name, but then, you know, that, that might be too obvious, too. So I have to, have to think about it. Mine is Love Sexy Jason Delicious. Wow. See, mine is Smoky Oak, if you go by the old formula of your first pet, <laughs> your first street name. And I like that one, too. I think that's a great porn name. That is. That's really good. Wow. Smoky Oak. All right. So you are getting so comfortable on this show that you actually, before we started, said, hey, here's a list of topics I want to discuss. How rude. But they were good topics. So I think we're going to chat about those to start. I do want to give people a heads up. If you hear some noise in the background, probably on my end, we're getting some uh, eh, iffy weather today. So far, so good. But we may get some thunder. I, I did have breakfast, so it, uh, it is not my stomach, I assure you. I don't know about Brian. And Brian, this is uh, the first podcast recorded in your new palatial estate. Yeah, my wife and I just moved up the road here in North Carolina. We were living in Cary, which is basically just west of Raleigh, and now we're in Durham, which is just north. So we made about a 20-mile move and uh, actually made the move just last Friday, and I think we're all settled in for the most part. Just a couple little things to do around here, but uh, yeah, I'm in the new digs now. And have you had Bruce Mitchell over for dinner yet? I have not, good, and I'm good hoping call. he does not find my address. Yeah, I, I won't give it to him either. That, that's very smart, but I will give it to Johnny Fairplay. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so, let's talk about those topics you suggested. Uh, to start with, Brian, what's to blame for WWE's declining ratings? No audience or storylines? I brought this up because I, I, I heard another podcast talking about this, and it was from people that, that really don't follow the wwe uh as closely as we do and, and your audience as well and and i thought it was kind of interesting because they put a lot of the blame i think all of the blame on the lack of audience and i do think that more so than ever before we really appreciate the live audience for for wrestling especially for wwe and it's funny because in the past we've probably mocked wwe for you know talking about you know how important their audience is and how they do this for them. But it, it really is true. Their audience is vastly important. But while that's a factor, I think, in the ratings right now, we miss that ambiance. We miss that interaction with the, the fans. But I think the storylines have just as much to play in that. I mean, it's not just one factor to me. It's You can look at it and say, yeah, it is totally different because they don't have that live audience to play off of. Or even the audience that they have there are just people that are training at the Performance Center. It's not you know, real, actual, ticket-paying customers that are there watching the show. But you can't dismiss what's going on when it comes to the storylines because I think it's been lacking in a variety of ways. Some of it is because they've had to deal with people testing positive for the virus or some people not wanting to be there for certain shows. And, but that's just part of the game. You look at the, the storylines overall, especially for Raw and SmackDown, and they've been lacking in a lot of different ways. And they're trying so many different things now. I mean, I, I commend them for trying something different. It wouldn't be things that I necessarily would try. And quite honestly, I really thought that they were going to use this as an opportunity to shake up the formula of how they do certain things. They really haven't done that. It's been more from a from a storyline perspective, like when they do Raw Underground. But 
that there's not many things right now that I look at and say, that's a really good storyline. I, I think McIntyre and Orton is the strongest thing they've got going. But beyond that, it's hard to find things, I think, that are really, really interesting in the WWE universe. Yeah, it, it's, I mean, clearly the audience is a factor. I mean, we're seeing it across the board in wrestling because I think AEW and NXT have both had some very good shows. And, you know, their numbers are coming back a little bit this, this past week, which is great. But, over, you know, compared to what they were doing pre-pandemic, they're down. And so it, it is a factor. But I agree with you. So are the storylines. How much of a factor is it also, though? You, you know, you and a lot of people say, hey, I, I give them credit for trying new things. Are those new things, those this, the stunts, working against them? Uh, going back to... The cinematic matches and the greatest match ever. It just seems like when times are tough, pro wrestling companies try to reinvent the wheel rather than just kind of hunker down and and try to just get delivered. Well, there's there's a boom for you. Uh, deliver some good quality storylines. It never seems to be, hey, this is on us. We need to to do to, to deliver a better pro wrestling product. It becomes what can we do? What what stunt can we try? I totally agree because I don't think they need stunt programming. I think it's just do some things a little bit different and tweak the system, especially in WWE, because their formula has been the same for so long. And you can make the argument of, hey, look at WWE. They're the most profitable, the biggest you know, wrestling sports entertainment company in the world. And obviously there is a lot behind that. But it doesn't mean things can't be better. Things can't be tweaked to shake up the formula and do things in a different way. And some of that is in presentation, I think. I think with storylines, so many times, I think the simpler, the more basic, the better – and like you said, don't try to recreate the wheel. Uh, you, you Sometimes you, you get too fancy, you get too tricky. You're just going to trip yourself up. Like when you mentioned, you know, those gimmick matches, we go back to WrestleMania, you know, and the Boneyard match. It was great, you know, and, and some people even like the match with um, Bray Wyatt and, and John Cena. Okay, I wasn't as big on that match, but they no. tried something different. Some people liked it. But that doesn't mean that you have to do it over and over and over again. I mean, you're talking about, like, the greatest wrestling match of all time. That was a moniker put on something, but that was just going to be something that was unrealistic to try to live up to. They did the Swamp Match recently, and they've done some other things. It's like... These need to be special event things when you do them. Like you break them out once or twice a year. But WWE always has this mentality of, hey, people like this. So let's do it again and again and again. And you are just destroying the value in that, you know, because it's being overdone. I mean, I just think that there was little tweaks in things that they could do, I think, in their presentation that – Hey, let's give it a try right now. Let's think outside the box. What can we do differently? And I also thought maybe this was an opportunity to possibly try to get over some younger talent to introduce some people and kind of shake up the, the formula in that way a little bit as well. And that's something that they've done a little bit, but they definitely haven't stayed with it. It's like they've tried it in little bits and pieces, and then they've quickly gone away from it. And got rid of Paul Heyman and brought in Bruce Pritchard, and with that went the pushes of a number of the younger talents. Even if the ratings did go up slightly, it's like they're thinking short term, and it just seems to be 
a, a repeated mistake I see by wrestling companies when they struggle. Just they, they start thinking in the short term, and when there's not a short term fix, it's a long term problem. Now, even look at somebody like Andrade, who is somebody that's been there for a little while. We got to know him in NXT or now in WWE, and then like he's doing a short match and losing this past week as, as part of a tag team feud. It's just like, wait a second, how do you not have something better for Andrade? I mean, he. He's so many. He hits so many different positives in so many different ways when it comes to, you know, personality, the the gimmick, having Selena Vega in his corner, being a heel character, hitting the Latino market. I mean, there, there's so many different things, and they, for whatever reason, have not really put their arms around him and capitalized off of everything he brings to the table. Hey gang, it takes a lot of time and effort to produce a show like this, and one way you can support ProWrestling.net is by becoming a member at PWMembership.net. However, there's also an easy and free way to do so. Think of us when you shop at Amazon by simply starting your Amazon shopping at ProWrestling.net slash Amazon. You're not charged any extra, but we receive a small and very helpful commission on what you purchase. A big thanks to everyone who has helped out so far. Remember, that's ProWrestling.net slash Amazon. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com records. Do you think when it comes to these cinematics and, and all the you know the stunts and things? I mean, we're seeing some on Raw clearly, not cinematics, but some a little bit of stunt booking, which we'll get into. But you look at the SummerSlam card, and we're a week and a half away. Things could still change. They could tweak one of these and turn it into a cinematic. But right now, none listed, no over the top stipulations. You know, eye for an eye, none of that. It looks like a pretty straightforward card based on what we're seeing so far. Have they learned their lesson, or or do you think this is, well, it's SummerSlam. We're going to deliver a straightforward card, but once we get back to these B-pay-per-views, then we got to get back into the cinematics and, and, and all the craziness. I think they'll go back to cinematic matches. I still think that's something they'll keep in their back pocket, especially if it's for one of these B-shows, and they're like, oh, what's the hook? And they say, oh, well, we can do this for this match, and that will get people interested, especially if they think that it's doesn't have that kind of zip, that kind of flavor that uh, they're looking for in a show. They don't have that kind of hook to get people in. And they say, okay, well, we can do this for this match, and this will get people interested. I, whether that's true or not that people will be interested, I think from WWE's perspective, I think that's something they keep in their back pocket, and they're more apt to pull out you know, more often now. And I, I think we're going to see it a couple times more this year. I've watched a lot of hockey. I, unfortunately, 
I don't know how my team's doing today. I'm a, I'm a Bruins fan, Wild fan. Long story short, North Stars left town, needed a team, started, adopted the Bruins. And I'm like, why give up on them just because of the Wild? So I actually root for both. So far, my, my teams have combined for one win in the playoffs. Hopefully, the Bruins are adding to that total today. But I bring that up because I've watched some hockey. I've watched some Twins baseball. You're an NBA guy, which is the sport that I really haven't seen much of. So we can kind of cover the three between us. And I know you've probably watched a little bit of everything. Where do WWE and AEW rank when it comes to the presentation of the shows they're delivering compared to these other sports? Well, that's something I think that they totally haven't figured out yet and it, it's tough to figure out in any sport and i think it's it's different for each one like for the nba they're in this bubble you know at, at disney world at the wide world of sports down in orlando and they've done a lot of different things from a standpoint that they're using a lot of the same music that teams have used in their home arenas they've got this huge video board where they do have fans watching from home like selected fans and you can't hear them make noise, but you can see them. So that adds a little bit of ambiance. It is kind of cool in the NBA, though, that you can hear more of the players talking. You can hear more of the squeaks in the court and things like that. And like I said, they've got the music and stuff. So I don't think you're missing too much there. With baseball, uh, some of the broadcasts there, the, you know, the stadiums are playing music like they would normally play. But you're hearing some, you know, crowd reactions that are being piped in and – you know, it doesn't sound too much different, and it's weird to only see, like, you know, nobody in the stadiums, or sometimes you see, like, cardboard cutouts or whatever yeah, it is, which yeah. is really weird. And by the way, I know that the Fox National Baseball Broadcast has done these, uh, you know, digital fans. That looks horrible. <laughs> I mean, I understand you want to try it, but it's so weird and it's so horrible, especially when they zoom in and they get close. That doesn't look good at all to me. But... Uh, you know, I'm I'm cool with them like using like the 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 piped in audience. You know, for when there's big plays and, and things like that. You know, in baseball, I think it, I think it's looked good so far. Baseball is a little bit of a quieter sport as well. Hockey is basically just using their home arena music, and I don't think they're they're piping in anything else really, are they? Yeah, a little bit. Um, they definitely are piping in some. I think that it might be even. I don't know if it's the low hum like baseball uses. You know, just like you would normally hear during a game between pitches or something. Yeah. I, I guess I haven't paid close attention. The thing I've been impressed by with hockey is that once the play starts, I forget that there's not fans there. I mean, I really do. It's Yeah, it's it's a little different when there's a big goal scored and you don't hear that roar of the crowd. Or if there's a penalty, you know, cheap shot taken behind the play, you don't hear a reaction to it. But by and large, they've done a hell of a job. It looks really good. I just thought it was going to be, here's this uh, empty arena and a bunch of empty seats, but they, they've covered those up and they have some wall, you know, like uh, the, the seats are covered in, in a cool way, not just like cheap tarp over them. That looks good. And they have like video walls up. They've done a great job. I've been so impressed by that. And then with WWE and AEW, and, and I'm not really including impact in this just because They've gone pretty straightforward. They don't have any spectator wrestlers. They're not pumping in any noise or anything like that. So that's why I'm kind of excluding them from this part of the conversation. But I, we've heard a little bit of crowd sweetening lately. I, I think they've probably been influenced by what they've seen from the major sports. What I've seen so far, I, I don't know that it's enhancing a ton. I think it does help to have a little bit of extra noise there. But I, I guess the thing I worried about, especially when it comes to WWE, 
is that they would go overboard. Because we've seen them do that in the past with those tape SmackDown shows back in the day, where the crowd is just sitting there and you just hear this roar from the crowd. And you're like, that doesn't look right. So far, they've been pretty good about going tame with it. And I think when it comes to wrestling compared to, you know, professional sports, it is different in that, you know, wrestling, I think, is more reliant on it. They they need it a lot more, I think, than, than traditional sports do. And that's where I'm a little bit surprised, especially when it comes to WWE, that they haven't tried some other things. Like, you know, when you talk about piping in, you know, noise, like, obviously, you don't want people going crazy when somebody's sitting in a headlock. But if you do it in selective parts, even if you just kind of like add in that little rumbling in the background, you know, just like the natural like mother nature is here. Yeah. You know, the natural <laughs> noises of, you know, crowds being, you know, there live. And then, you know, then at the right moments, then you pump it up a lot more, you know, whether maybe it would sound ridiculous. I don't know, but I'm surprised that they haven't even tried that to see what the reaction would be. And, and I, I mean, there's going to be people that, of course, would make fun of them, especially if they go overboard, and, and so be it. But that doesn't mean you can't adjust. And that that's something that we've seen them try so many other things, whether they've worked or not, when it comes to matches and storylines and stuff. But they haven't done that with the audience. I mean, the only thing that they've done is they've obviously they put people in there from the PC. They put up the plexiglass. They've got everybody a mask now. But... They haven't really tried anything more from the standpoint of, you know, adding more ambiance to it. AEW is a little different because they've got more people there and they and they don't have the plexiglass. They've always had people there from the beginning. It's it's a little bit strange just because it's not traditional fans. It's other wrestlers, yeah. and other personnel there. Um, so and their sounds a little bit different than WWE. But I'm I'm a little bit surprised. That wrestling companies, especially WWE, haven't taken bigger chances when it comes to audience participation. With the way Kevin Dunn insists upon cutting cameras, you know, 70 times during these Raw Underground segments, I'm a little afraid if they just turned him loose, like, hey, make this work, you know, enhance this. I, I just have this bad feeling it'd be uh, just blow out crowd noise. And, and maybe I'm not giving him enough credit, but um, my God, those camera cuts. I, one nice thing about the NHL, I, I do have to say this, and it may change as we get deeper, Brian. I'll never forget watching a Stanley Cup final game between the Bruins and Blues. In between periods, they spent a whole intermission catching up with noted hockey expert Pam from The Office. They have not done any of that nonsense yet. I was so, like, really? I mean, you want to check in with her for a second? She's a Blues fan. Great. I don't care. But they haven't done any of that. They're not getting gimmicky with it so far. Yeah, that's a positive. I mean, <laughs> I understand the crossover of getting your network people on there, you know, from your hit shows, even though The Office hasn't been on the year, uh, air in years. Right. Um, even though there is still a cult following behind it, you know. But like, I remember when they did that. When Didn't they have Pam and Jim on in different segments because they're – fans of, of uh, different teams and their teams faced off against each other? They probably did. I just, you know, once I saw that, I'm like, I'm done with intermissions and I would find other things to do. I, I was I was so <laughs> mad because they have great hockey coverage. They, I mean, they have, oh, yeah. you go back to the studio and I know it's not for everybody. If you're just more of a casual fan, but I assure you, I don't need to know what very casual hockey fan Pam from the office thinks about the Stanley Cup final. Yeah, I know. I mean... <laughs> If you want to do like a, a 90 seg, a second thing because there is something there just, just as a quick little fill yeah. in or something, then I can see that. But like to spend the whole 20 minute intermission on that, it's ridiculous. But 
you know, like I said, I'm 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 surprised WWE has a, has a tried some other things. I mean, maybe they feel like we don't need to do this, or it's it would sound too gimmicky or something. But that that seems to go against everything else that they've done or tried before because they don't seem too afraid to try different things. Um, you know, I mean, look at what they're doing when it comes to raw underground. I mean, they're trying it. So what you will about that, but like when it comes to audiences and that's like, I mean, they've acknowledged everybody has, it's weird to not have a crowd there. It's weird not to hear an audience, but they haven't tried anything with that. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty surprised by that. ProWrestling.net is the place to go for news and analysis, live television and major event reviews, opinion pieces, and so much more. If you want to keep up on the very latest in professional wrestling, then search no further than ProWrestling.net. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. How big of a difference is it? Is it a major advantage for AEW to be playing Daly's Place compared to NXT at Full Sail? Is that a big difference maker for you? It's somewhat of a difference maker just because the the environment's different being outside. And I think there's a lot of other things they can play with, especially when they do have the rare matches that uh, kind of go around the building or even when they go into the football field next door. So it's a little bit different, but I mean, they have access to that. WWE doesn't necessarily have that. Um, so it, it's different. I mean, it's one thing to be outdoors, but I mean, Daly's Place is covered outdoors. So I don't know where WWE would would go for that um i mean they're rent out a minor league baseball park i mean do something i mean there is a there is a concert arena that's down in it's in north part of tampa that i've been to plenty of times where they have they can put i don't know how many thousands of people there for concerts um but it's outdoors but it's covered but i mean all the seats are like in one direction like you would have to have the ring basically up on a stage well i mean that's kind of what daily's place is yeah yeah it, I don't think you put the crowd. The crowds can be a little bit more around the ring, I think, in Daly's place than they could be at this place. But sure. um, who knows? I mean, maybe I don't know what the cost would be behind that, but maybe they should try something different. I mean, hey, we don't even know where SummerSlam is going to be yet. And there's been talk about that being in Atlantic City or on a beach. Yeah. Do you think they will get outside the performance center and they're just not going to? Is it going to be a surprise when you tune in? I mean, I, I guess I'm shocked that we're a week, a week and a half away and they haven't told us the, the location. 
I think it's going to be at the Performance Center because I think they would have announced it by now. But maybe I'm dead wrong and maybe they're not going to announce it. And they're just like, hey, look at this. You are looking live at us in Atlantic City for SummerSlam. I I mean, it would be kind of weird. But, you know, you would think that would be something that they would want to promote. Maybe, maybe they'll do it this week. I mean, it's the last week before, you know, SummerSlam. So maybe maybe they'll do that beginning on Monday with Raw and then later on the week with other programming. But it, it feels weird if, if they have something in place and they haven't announced it yet. It Could it be as simple as they don't want to draw a crowd? I mean, you can try to fence things off and all of that, but it's still, I mean, it's, it's a risk that there's going to be a bunch of people showing up to stand outside the fence. I mean, there's all sorts of people that can't stay home or wear a mask in public, as we know, including Chris Jericho, which we'll get to in a minute. But how many people are showing up to, to Daly's place to go see AEW shows, I wonder? I know they've said there are some. You know, I, I don't that there have been people in the autograph or in the uh, the parking lot, um, not necessarily looking for autographs. But I think I could be mistaken. I want to say Cody, somebody acknowledge that there have been some. And, and you know, they I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, but it's also it's WWE. It's big. You know, well, it's not that much bigger yeah. these days, but still, <laughs> I, I do wonder if, if that would have something to do with it where they'd be better off. I mean, you could also you could just say that. We are not going to be, you know, we're going to be outdoors and not list the location, maybe not even until the, you know, the the show goes on the air, but just let people know, I guess. If they do it on the beach somewhere, uh, can we try to recreate the uh, Rocky Apollo foot race on the beach at some point? Don't give them ideas. Could um, Hulk Hogan show up on a speedboat to um, from his Thunder in Paradise days? Um, trying to think of other things we could do. Sandcastle contest, maybe. What about recreating the WCW mini movie with the exploding boat? Ooh, I like that. Was that the one with Vader? I yeah, Vader and and Davy Boy Smith and, and oh, little Sid people and Sting oh. and. God, it's right up my alley right there, man. Or not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot of different things they could do if they were on the beach. I mean, that would that would be really wild if they were on the beach, though. Especially because, like, there's how hot would it be in the ring? Uh, you know, yeah, that's a good point. Um, yeah, I, I guess I haven't even thought about that. I guess it depends where they are, too. Getting sunburned while you're having a match. And, we, you know, they've been very lucky, as we've talked about in the past, when it comes to WrestleMania and, and holding these shows in, like, New Jersey and just some areas where the weather is very uncertain. Even Orlando, your, your old home base. I mean, there's they, they've been very lucky not to get massive amounts of rain or anything like that. So watch them actually take this show out, and this is the time that it just pours on them. Oh, man, that'd be horrible. The only time it rains is after WrestleMania uh, at New York and New Jersey when uh, certain people are waiting outside uh, for their uh, <laughs> Uber ride and uh, getting poured on by ice cold rain for over an hour. Well, yeah, I mean, the show needed to go eight hours or whatever it was. If, if they just would have wrapped it up in a normal time, it wouldn't have been an issue. I really thought I was going to suffer from hypothermia that night. Ooh. But I, we finally got in a car and my hands were shaking. I couldn't get my fingers to stop shaking. And I was trying to text a friend who's asking if I'd gotten a ride yet. And I couldn't text him because I needed to warm up and my fingers were just shaking uncontrollably. Oh, my God. Now, now we have seen these shows since in the pandemic era uh, go back to about two and a half, three hours for the most. And not counting the needlessly long one hour kickoff show 
which we'll find out if it's going to be two hours for SummerSlam, God help us. Uh, do you think that is pandemic only, and when they get back to normal, they're going to start going ridiculously long, or do you think there's been a shift in philosophies? They'll still go ridiculously long. Come on, dude. It's a celebration of WWE and the WWE universe and all our fans and all its glory. And look at the pyro and everything. I mean, come on. I I wonder how long SummerSlam is going to be. I They've got seven matches on the card right now. I'm assuming they're probably going to add two or three more. So I'm, I don't think this is going to be some six-hour extravaganza. But I, I would think that the main show is probably going to be four hours. I'm just happy that NXT is the night before, so they can't go. Surprise, we're doing two nights. Oh. Yeah, I, I'm i surprised they didn't do that either. I mean, they easily could have. And, hey, don't get me wrong, folks. This isn't me whining because I have to work more. It, it's not that. It's just I think less is more with these shows. Obviously, there's a limit. You know, there's a line there. You don't want to go too brief, but... I think seven and a half, eight hour shows, most people can agree, is too much. Um, and I know there's an audience out there that just give me more, but you're outnumbered. And you need to think about what's best for the product, not just for you. And I'm sorry, these shows are ridiculously long and it's just too much for people. You know, it's been talked about before, but the parents that brought their daughters to see the first ever main event of WrestleMania headlined by women. How many of them had to go home early just because the show went so damn long? Anyway, Brian, what do you think of uh, Raw Underground? It's something different. It's something outside the box. I I will always give people credit for at least trying something different or typically will. Um, hey, Judy Bagwell was on a poll. That's she different. was on a poll one time. Uh, that. That will not give them credit for you, except for the endless jokes that have existed since then. But my big thing about <laughs> Raw Underground is, and, and you always want to give something time. You don't want to like, I, I'm willing to give every idea some time to see if what comes with it. At least give it, you know, a few weeks. But my whole thing with this is, where the hell are you going with this? Right. I mean, what, what, where does this fit in with the rest of what you are doing as you know, a wrestling show, and you can say yes, yeah, sports entertainment, and we're providing entertainment. But how does this fit in from everything else? Like, I I don't get that part of the puzzle. I don't know. Uh, the I mean, so far, here's what I've liked about it, and it's very little. It's been a way to introduce Arturo Huas and. The artist formerly known as Babatunde. I, I thought I had his name down, but then you and I were talking about Dabo Sweeney before the before we started recording, and now I'm going to get that confused. I can't remember what the hell this man's name is now. Babatunde. Yeah, I, which I think is a better name than the one they're giving him. Like Dabakato. Is that it? Did I get it right? Uh, Maybe you were right, yeah. Something like that. But yeah, I mean, it's been a unique way to introduce them, aside from just your usual WWE squash, but it kind of ends there, because I think... These fights look hokey. It is something different. It is. And people who are pointing to this being a success because the ratings have gone up for two weeks, you can do all sorts of stunts and the rating can go up initially. It's whether you keep people long term is and not there's the jury still out on this. Is this going to be something that turns people off? They tune in to see the stunt. They're not impressed. They go away. It's happened before. So I just, I just can't get behind this notion that, well, for two weeks, the numbers have been up compared to what they were the, the three weeks ago. No, that doesn't that doesn't indicate success over the long haul. That just indicates that, well, the stunt paid off for a little bit and we'll, only time will tell. 
I think the first week you can look at it and people are like, okay, this sounds like it's going to be a train wreck. Let's watch to see what the hell this is. The second week in after that is where you see if people really like it. And I don't think we got a clear read, obviously, in the second week, but we'll find out here. And it's almost like the XFL in some ways in both both recreations of it, especially the first time and that people tuned in the first week. But then it just went downhill after right. that. It was kind of like a fad. Perfect. And that's where I wonder if it's going to be the same thing. Because I I don't know what the purpose of this is. I mean, it's Shane McMahon yelling at people. There's random fighters going at it. There's really no rules. Um, it's bad fake shoot fighting. Um, dancing and girls. Dancing girls and... Um, the queasiness that comes with watching it as they change camera angles every half second. Oh, God, it's the worst. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I mean, come on. You're, this is underground, but here's this ridiculously overproduced camera work by WWE. Stop it. But it looks bad. I mean, I mean, these fights just look bad. They do. It's, I mean, okay, so I'm supposed to believe that what you're doing right there in this raw underground segment, that's real. But what I am seeing when I watch the matches at the Performance Center, oh, you know, that. You know, these, these are work matches or whatever. I mean, I don't, I don't know what how, – how am I supposed to feel like if somebody gives a move inside the wrestling ring, it can hurt. But when somebody does it in Raw Underground, the fake Kumite, that it's <laughs> ten times more powerful. Like, why, how am I supposed to believe that? That's what they need to play is that uh, the blood sport, Kumite, Kumite that, that song they would play. I'm waiting for Jean-Claude Van Damme to make a cameo at some point. I'm all for it. And, and and if Steven Seagal shows up, even though he wasn't in Bloodsport, can, can someone just kick his ass, please, for real? Oh. Can can we get the, the who was the bad guy in uh, Bloodsport? Oh, I can it, picture him. I don't know what his name was. Oh my god, he was Did awesome. Oh yeah, and then like Jean Claude's best buddy, who was also in Revenge of the Nerds. Oh yeah, Ogre. Yeah, Ogre. <laughs> Gotta love Ogre. So. I don't think the idea is that these are real. The rest of what you're seeing is not. I I think what they're going with in their minds, I'm guessing it's, okay, WWE has rules. Raw Underground does not. But here's the problem, Brian, is we see your no DQ matches and they don't look like what we're seeing in Raw Underground. That's the thing. I mean, I, I, I don't know what... How do the two things tie together? Like, who's going to be in Raw Underground? And what are you doing there anyway? 
Like, what, what is the purpose there other than your this primal instinct that you want to go out and beat people up? Like, what is the purpose of that? What is entertaining about what? What does that mean behind that? Other than like even in the UFC or Bellator, you're fighting for championships at some point or, you know, these big prize fights that get big build up to. Then this one, it's just like you, you fight. OK, you won. Like, OK, what's the point of that? I, I want to see it be like real MMA, though, too. Where one of these weeks, if they want to add realism to this. Instead of the fight lasting 30 seconds before they go to the next one, it's like a one-hour bore where they're just rolling around in the mat. Like old-school UFC. Oh, Shamrock Severn? Oh, no. Yeah. I mean, obviously, there were some great fights back in the day, too, but there were some snooze fests. That's why they added rounds. Can we do the infamous UFC from early days where it was the big guys against the small guys and they threw out the weight classes? Please, yeah, that uh, Scott Ferrazzo, the guy from uh, Minnesota, the just super heavyweight dude, but he would try to act like Ric Flair or something and then get his ass kicked. Can we go back to nut punching? Which, in the first UFC, oh, God, what was that fight where a guy got punched below the belt six times in a row? Well, we did watch a guy grab another guy by the junk and punch him out. Yes, yes. I mean, if you're going to do it, I mean, come on, that's basically what this is. So we don't know where the hell this is going. Would you give up? Would you trip if they were to create a raw underground championship in exchange for we're getting rid of the 24 seven title? Would you take that? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I don't want to see either. Yeah, I don't want to see either. Um, I'll take the raw underground one because (laughs) that way you can at least retire the 24 seven title and get it out of the way. And then we can worry about trying to retire this other title. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think of retribution so far? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Who came up with this garbage? I mean, it's some weak Antifa storyline. Didn't didn't WWE say something like we're going to introduce a new group, but it will not reflect politics or yes. something? This is all about politics. Are you kidding me? What are you talking about? I mean, it's this weak group. It looks like it looks like a bunch of high schoolers put on masks and are go out there and just just trying to break stuff because they can. That's that's all it looks like right now. And, and then run away. Even, I, I can't tell if these are the ninjas or not. Uh I mean we we can't even put a face to the group so far. Um they don't know how to properly throw cinder blocks through stuff. Um it, it's just it, it looked, it's a weak version of Nexus. It, it totally, yeah, it's, it's like masked ninja Nexus, or I, I don't know what they're going for here. When they, the way they did, on, on Monday, they, they throw the cinder blocks through the front door of the performance center, the glass door, and then run away. I'm like, this is, it, it reminded me of like me in high school and a group of kids going and TPing a teacher's house. And then running away and, and giggling about it. That It's just corny. And, and hey, if that teacher's listening, you were an ass. You had it coming. Maybe it'll be, they break out smoke bombs and somebody will drive by with a baseball bat and uh, smash a mailbox. Well, they did tip over a car, you know, which is big in WWE, considering you only see Braun Strowman do that by himself once a month. Did, it looks like they, they tried to recreate the infamous... Attitude era opening of Raw with uh, Austin yeah. walking through the streets as they're burning down. It was like a weak version of that almost. <laughs> uh, one interesting thing about this, and I, I can't imagine this was all 
just a, a smoke screen to set this up. But I, I would, if it is, I, I will take that if it go, if this means retribution goes away. They did the big angle at the end of Monday's Raw, and Randy Orton goes to deliver the punt kick to Ric Flair. The lights go out, and it, as I mentioned, you know, it could easily be a case of they didn't want to put Flair in that position. But if you remember. Christian took the punt kick. Christian is retired because of head trauma. Now, like if they're being overly cautious with Flair, good. They, they should be. But I don't rule out, Brian, I don't know about you, that the lights went out. We didn't actually see the punt kick because this is all a ruse. And Ric Flair, the dirtiest player in the game, has come up with this strategy. And somehow, some way, he's going to help Orton win the title at SummerSlam. That would be something. I never even thought about that. I just, I just kind of figured it was... They, Flair can't take any kind of punishment because he's 71 years old and obviously has had multiple health scares. And this was a way to explain he got punted without actually seeing it because we've got this other storyline going on and they're playing with the power, you know, in the place. So I thought it was it was an interesting way to explain how we didn't see it, but Orton actually did it. But hey, with WWE, I don't think you can discount anything. I I, I don't think that's the case, but. Um, if they did it, I don't think I'd really be shocked. I just hadn't thought about it, you know, because I mean, it is Ric Flair. Then it could be, it could be a big ruse. And he he hit him with a low blow. Well, Flair just shows that he was wearing a cup, as we've seen done before in wrestling. So there's, I'm saying, there's a way to do it. I don't know if this is the direction they're going in. It may not be, but that did cross my mind watching that angle on Monday night. But I mean, I don't even sense any when it comes to retribution. I don't hear people. Nobody's reaching out to me going. Like, hey, any idea who this is? Who, nobody seems to really care. It's just, well, there's a woman. We figured that out. I just don't, even like on social media, I just don't see a lot of excitement about this, wondering who's behind this. I just don't think this is working. Yeah, and and I, I'm going to be very curious to see when they make the reveal of who it is. Who are these people? Is it... Is it somebody that's already, you know, on Raw or SmackDown? Is it NXT talent? Is it people we haven't seen on any brand? Like, I, I don't know who they're even going to put in this. I it's, I, and I, I almost feel bad for anybody that is in it because I, I wonder because of the way that it's already being panned by so many different people. Do you really want to be a part of this? Who knows? Maybe, maybe once you put a face behind it, maybe you actually see the people and they change it a little bit different then maybe it would uh, be something that would be more interesting and it'd be good for those people but as of right now it's not really going anywhere and there's no there's no explanation behind it say goodbye to your credit card rewards greedy corporate mega stores led by walmart and target are pushing for a law in congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets the durbin marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it if you love your credit card rewards tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards tell them to oppose the durbin marshall credit card bill with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no no nothing like that it's just these cash prizes add up quick so i suggest you sit back keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky play for free at luckylandslots.com are you feeling lucky no purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
here's, here's, here's your way out of this WWE. So you do the thing with Flair, as I, as I mentioned, and then Retribution shows up to uh, hang out with Randy Orton. He just RKO's all of them, and they go away. They're never even unmasked. And we just move on with our lives. Might as well. I, I would seriously at this point would take it. I, I wouldn't be surprised because, you know, if WWE feels like, hey, maybe this is a bad idea, there's, there are quick and easy ways to get out of this to where it could be just a footnote in wrestling history. What are you looking forward to more? Adam Cole against Pat McAfee or Adam Cole against Pam from the office? Okay, not really. Um, or but, hey, By the way, I think we have a correction to make from earlier. Sure. Did, did we say that TakeOver was not the night before SummerSlam? No, it is. No, I'm, I'm oh, yeah, saying I'm, I'm okay. happy it is because I would okay. worry that, surprise, we're doing two nights of SummerSlam. But yeah, with, oh, with yeah, that yeah, there. Yeah. I, I almost wonder if I said that wrong. I was like, I was thinking in my mind going, hey, man, I I, I, I think it's the night before, isn't it? And it is, obviously. <laughs> so Cole McAfee or it's not exactly the correct comparison because he's not a celebrity, but Seth Rollins and Don Mysterio, which, which one are you looking forward to more? I guess the Dom Mysterio, because I'm, I'm curious to see what Dominic can do right now and how quick his progression has come. I I mean, I have faults with both storylines, I think. When it comes to Dominic and Seth, Dominic's already kind of, he's gotten the upper hand on Seth a couple of times, like in little small doses. And I haven't been the biggest fan of that simply because we're talking about somebody that has never even had a match against somebody that's been a world champion. And I can understand if you want to do the match and maybe Seth is beating him up, beating him up and Dominic gets a couple of hope spots in there and then Seth wins. And maybe that's what's going to happen in the match. But to see what Dominic's gotten so far where he's kind of gotten the upper hand on him a couple of times, I've been a little bit surprised by that i i thought the direction that maybe they could have gone and should have gone was to do the the uh tag team match where dominic tagged with his dad sure but that's not the route they're going i mean i was surprised by what they did on raw on monday night where they did the vicious beating i mean that that got to a point where it was almost uncomfortable what an initiation yeah that was and and nobody came to his aid and i I know the whole thing was Samoa Joe's right there, and he can't do it because he's part of the broadcast team, but that, that seemed like a petty cop-out. And there were, Dominic doesn't have any other friends. Ramis, I mean, doesn't somebody that's even a friend of Ramis Stereo come on going, man, I can't watch this kid get his ass kicked like this. I'm going to go help out. That seemed kind of weird, but, I mean, it was a hell of a beatdown, you know, and it really puts a lot of heat on, on Seth for, you know, going into that match. I hated the Joe part. You know, if I think it's cool Joe's been involved in this, but if you knew this, you were going to do this, and Joe was just going to sit there and watch, and that's the best explanation you could come up with, then don't have Joe in this in the first place. Um, because Joe's been ambiguous prior to this whole set thing. You could have just left it alone, and, and I don't think anyone would have necessarily thought that Joe should jump up. But when you make him such a big part of this, going after Seth the way he has, this is similar with Joe. Babyface or heel, he's a hothead. And I don't think it's true to the character babyface or heel that he would just sit there because he's worried about his job. That that just doesn't that, that doesn't ring true to me when it comes to his character. I hated that part. I'm actually looking forward to both of those matches quite a bit, though. I, I do, like you, want to see what Dom can do. I'm actually, I'm kind of... It makes sense, but part of me is like, oh, shoot, he can use a kendo stick, or it'll just be a bunch of kendo stick shots now. Um, I was kind of looking forward to a more traditional match, and, you know, with Seth 
rubbing just rubbing his face on the mat and taunting him and Dom getting some hope spots and stuff. But McAfee and Cole actually does intrigue me quite a bit because they got it right. I was really worried it was going to be Adam Cole's the heel and we're all supposed to like obnoxious Pat McAfee. I, I can't stand the guy, but that makes a really good heel, Brian. I'm really looking forward to that. It does, and I'm with you. I'm, I am not a uh, big fan of uh, Pat McAfee as well. Uh, I mean, I understand why WWE is doing that storyline because they do have somebody that was an ex-athlete, somebody that is uh, trying to make a name for himself in sports media, and somebody that obviously they already have a working relationship with. And, and he's been training uh, for a few years. Yeah, and he's been training. He wants to be out there. He's obviously an athlete. Um, but, I mean, everything that we've seen of him, you know, when it comes to publicly, um, has not been my cup of tea, shall we say. He's always kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And it, maybe it's just an on-camera persona, but I'm not even the biggest fan of that when it comes to, hey, I'm going to be somebody else, you know, and act like that's who I really am. Or maybe that's maybe that's who he really is. Um, that That's never been something that I've been a big fan of. And, uh, you know, I haven't <laughs> been a few, huge advocate, to say the least, of Pat McAfee and his WWE work. That being said, Hey, he's somebody that's despicable. He's somebody that we don't like. We already didn't. And then on top of that, what he did to Cole in taking advantage of that opportunity and, you know, you know, kicking him in the head. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, it, it makes for a hell of a storyline leading up to the match. I, I guess the one thing I'm a, I'm a little bit surprised by that they went as far as they did was the um, the short talk, I guess, when it comes to Cole. But maybe that was something they felt like they needed to do to really get – you know, that angle or that story over the top. Do you think they sent Pat into Vince's office and just, hey, pick his brain about uh, what he thinks of Adam Cole, knowing that he'll just come up with all sorts of short insults and Pat used this? Oh, man. I mean, see, see, that's the thing. It's like, why do you have to keep pointing out the whole short thing? I mean, you have other people that have been the same size as Adam Cole that have had plenty of success in WWE. I mean, I think Adam would be the first one to tell you, like, yeah, I'm not the biggest guy in the world. But it doesn't – I mean, Adam Cole is ultra-talented. Right. I mean, I mean, hell, if people want to say, like, if he was three inches taller, he'd be the world champion in WWE, yeah, he probably would be. Mm -hmm. But, you know, in this day and age, to me, I don't think that should necessarily preclude you from still not having that same role because I think – the audience has changed. The audience has adapted. There's always going to be some people that put more onus on big guys. They're always going to appreciate that more. But I think there's more and more fans, especially younger fans, a place where WWE desperately needs those numbers, who don't care as much about size. They care about what the personalities and what's the work rate in the ring. And that's what Adam Cole has. And, you know, so far he's been successful in NXT. I, like many other people, really wonder if that is going to translate to when that day comes, if it does, that they put him on either Raw or SmackDown. I still think that, that Adam Cole is one of the more underutilized guys in all of the business because of what he does bring to the table because he is such a good character and he is such a good wrestler. But um, I I have no faith in what WWE is going to do with him after this. But hey, if they, it just seems weird that the only thing that you can have a knock against Adam Cole, and I, I – use the word knock with quotations around it because I don't really don't think it is, is that he he's not as big as some other people. But to point it out over and over again, like this guy's short or he's, you're an angry little elf. I'm like, do you really have to keep doing that over and over again? And maybe, hey, it's for the storyline. 
but you're pointing out something that WWE, I think a lot of people in WWE, um, look at as a negative. See, I'm okay with it because it's happening in NXT, and I don't think this is going to stick with him. If this were main roster, I'd be really worried that, oh, this is, uh, you know, what I was joking about. This is Vince speaking through Pat McAfee, and this is going to plague Adam Cole in the main roster. Yeah, NXT put a label on him at that point. Right. NXT, we've already seen him have, you know, the longest title reign in company history. I believe it was. And... They think very highly of him. You know, you can't get through a Triple H or Shawn Michaels interview without those two just raving about Adam Cole. He's a babyface now. And so if they want to work a little bit of that in to make him sympathetic, I'm okay with it. I don't want it to be once he's done with McAfee, let's say he moves into a, pro, a feud with you know, Damian Priest. I don't want to hear Damian Priest sit there and call him shrimp and all sorts of, you know, I don't want to see him become NXT Shorty G, but I don't think he will. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Yeah, I hope not. You know, I mean,. I will say this, when we talk about, you know, WWE trying different things, this is something that is a bit different in the way that they've done the storyline of Adam Cole showing up to Pat McAfee's office to be on his show and then snapping and F-bombing him like crazy. Um, that's something that's different. And they tried to make that look real. And there's, I think there's a lot of people that really thought that was real. I mean, I saw so many different comments on social media, you know, talking about like, how much he didn't like McAfee for saying what he did and all these different things, or even the other way around where people are going after Adam Cole, but so many people thought it was real. And, um, you know, I, I, it's something, like I said, that it's different from what WWE normally does. I'm glad they don't do it too often, but in this case, I think it's been very effective and probably because of the people that are involved. So there's been no, and you know, we're recording this, as I mentioned, on, I guess it's now afternoon, even my time. So you know, early Wednesday afternoon, no announcement from AEW, as, as you and I are chatting. I don't expect there to be, kind of looks like all systems go. Are they right to allow Chris Jericho to wrestle on tonight's Dynamite episode after Fozzie played four shows, including one in Sturgis over the weekend, Brian? I don't think it is, man. I, I had no idea he was doing that. And um, I was surprised like other people as well. And I know that uh, Chris or even AEW, I think Cody's even said like, hey, we're very well tested here. That's all fine and dandy. I mean, you can go out there and, and I'm glad that they're doing testing all the time. But for Chris to go in front of crowds of this magnitude, I mean, even if it was some of the smaller ones that were 350 people. Like you said, he did a show in, um, was it Minot, North Dakota? 
Uh, you know, why not? You, you, can, you can tell not? you're not a Midwesterner. Yeah, I'm definitely not. Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm originally from Illinois, but I was a long time ago. That's true. That's but, right. But, um, but, you know, he did a show there and he talked about like, hey, some of our shows have been 50 percent capacity or 25 percent capacity. Even if you did that, I think is a red flag in even in a state like North Dakota where, yeah, they haven't had as many positive tests. But then to add on to the, doing something at Sturgis, you know, 250,000 people, you know, and like all but maybe two people are wearing masks there. Um, just I I think it's irresponsible. And from a standpoint of if you want to be a part of AEW, or you want to be on the television show. No, you can't. I, I would not allow it. I, I don't think it's the right thing to do because you are putting too many other people in the firing line if something happened with Chris, if he tests positive. And and the thing is, we are not going to know. I mean, they, they could test him every day um, leading up to, you know, as we're talking tonight's show. Okay, right right before the show, he could test and they could say negative. But that doesn't mean he doesn't have it because right. so many times we've seen like – that's why you self-quarantine for 14 days, because it's been proven that sometimes a test does not show positive for anywhere from three to 14 days. And by the way, during that period is also a time where it's the most transmittable as well. So he could he could show no signs of it and he could give it to somebody else. And then that person could get really sick or that person could give it to somebody else. I mean, we're talking about uh, the livelihoods of a wrestling company, the wrestling company itself, you know, um, being at risk. I mean, go. Wait, let's do a little bit of a comparison, okay? So, John Moxley, not too long ago, is at home and his wife tests positive and she gets very sick. Moxley, out of an abundance of care, says, I'm not going to come to TV for two weeks. After they cleared him, which I couldn't and, believe. Because he was like, I am not going to risk this for anybody else. It's not fair to anybody else. I shouldn't be around you. I am going to stay quarantined. And now we have a situation where Chris was around all these different people this past weekend, and he wants to be at the shows. And I know Chris can make his arguments and say, I've tested negative. I was very careful. It does not matter. You're in that environment. I don't think it's fair to everybody else. And I do not think that he should be a part of these shows. He, I think he should be at home and should self-quarantine for 14 days. And then if he's negative during that entire time, um, then he could come to a show after that. And if he tests negative at the building, then he could be a part of that night's show and shows going forward. Hey, they delayed the Moxley and Cage match for two weeks. I, I'd say do the same for this one. I don't think they will. But I totally agree with you. And, and here's the thing. When it comes to those shows, the four shows they did, three of them, I can, you know, do I think it's a good idea? No. But it is, you know, low COVID numbers in those states. And... They're on a stage. I, granted, they're indoors, which I'm not crazy about. I, I, it's, I'm not condoning it, but I am saying, okay, they're within the guidelines. And technically, they were for the Sturgis show as well. But we know that it's not just all the locals showing up for this concert. This is hundreds and, would they estimate 250,000 people can, converging onto Sturgis from all over the country and, and how many of those people were in that show? It's not just the locals like those other uh, concerts that he played. And it's indoors. And, and as you mentioned, they're not wearing masks. And yes, he, he's up on the stage away from them. That's not enough. And I'll even take it a step further. He's on a tour bus, Brian. Did everybody from Fozzie and, and the road crew, whoever he's sharing that bus with, did, did, did they take tests before they got on that bus? That's a good question. 
I, this to me, you know, it's they. I had no problem with Taz t- taking that well-deserved sloppy shot or sloppy shop shot at WWE when he did. They deserved it because they were. I mean, I still think to a point they do, but at least they're COVID testing now. So there's that, but they weren't before that. I didn't have any issue with some people did like too bad. That's what they were doing. But when you're running during a pandemic and you can afford to do uh, actual COVID testing and all you're doing is taking temperatures and having people fill out a medical questionnaire, sloppy. And so they deserve that. Flip side, I don't blame anyone who says the same thing about AEW tonight on social media if indeed they allow Jericho to wrestle as it appears they will. I, I can't believe that they're letting this happen. It just, it shouldn't. I'm sorry. It just, after he played Stern, no matter how you feel about Mass and all that, I, I mean, come on. Uh, this just shouldn't be happening. If I'm Orange Cassidy, I'm like, you know what? Can we do this two weeks from now? But, uh, you know, it's Jericho, and I just assume it's going to be business as usual. Is that what you're assuming as well? Yeah, I do. And you know, like you, you mentioned, you know, the temperature check and filling out a questionnaire thing. I did that when I went to the dentist yep. less than a month ago to get my teeth cleaned. Yep, same here. Uh, I just did that. Did, It'll be two weeks Friday. Right. When, you know, I just moved well within the last week. The, the movers that were helping, they had to do that. They had to fill out a questionnaire and they all had to do temperature checks. And they had to, and they asked us as well. We had to go through a line of questioning as well uh, to show that we have not shown any signs of anything. And even then, we were all wearing masks around one another and trying to be as careful as possible. I wonder when it comes to AEW, and I don't think anybody necessarily will speak out, but if you're on that roster, how many people are concerned about that? How many people are saying, oh, I, you know. Or how many are I not going to say anything because he's Chris Jericho? Right. I mean, I don't think anybody will because they're hoping that the company steps up and does something about it. And because he is Chris Jericho, because he is arguably the top star, you know, in that company and they don't want any kind of retribution or anything. But I'm sure that there's some people that are very uneasy about this. How, how do you feel if you're John Moxley and you're there going, look at what I did? And I because I did this out of abundance of caution. And then now you're going to be around him. It does, doesn't mean like you're working a match against him. I mean, even if you're staying away from him in the building, I mean, it, there's still a precedent that's been set. And I think it, it would be going against that if you allow Jericho to be on these shows. Yeah, I, hey, Tony Khan praised John Moxley for being a leader when he opted to sit out. Never should have come to that, quite frankly, because I, I couldn't believe they cleared him because of everything you said about the Jericho situation. His wife tested positive. It was less than two weeks before their taping, but because Moxley had passed tests, they were going to let him go into their locker room? No, it should have been the AEW doctor saying, hey, we can't do this. But they put it on Moxley. He said, even though I'm cleared, no, I'm staying home. And Khan praised him for being a, a leader. Tony, be a leader and don't let Chris Jericho work this show. That simple. Yeah, step up. I mean, don't put the onus on the talent. Be the company, um, from a company standpoint, step up and... You know, make that decision. I mean, if people want to get mad at AEW, then it's fine. But that's part of their role, too, is to protect their talent. And mm-hmm. you're protecting the talent in this situation because guess what? People are still going to watch AEW. But you know what? If They might be mad at a talent if something happens, you know, and you, you don't. They're the ones that are going to be, you know, scrutinized more and more. But that's part of your role as a company. Sometimes you have to make these tough decisions. And especially in a case like this, and I think where it's all because you have the right intentions in mind. People can be pissed off if they want and say, hey, I'm not going to see Chris Jericho on television for two weeks. 
But from the AEW standpoint, they can say, hey, we are making this decision because we've got to protect this entire roster. We've got to protect this company. Um, I mean, hell, what if there was a big outbreak that happened at AEW? I mean, you know, they've, they've got so many things they're responsible for, including a television contract with TNT. You know, I mean, there's, there's, there's a variety of things. And as a company, I think they need to, you know, step up and, you know, be responsible about this and not let Jericho be on these shows. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. ROH says they'll be resuming television production based on a tweet that Ian Riccoboni put out. Sounds like they'll be taping next week. They didn't get into specifics about their level of testing, just said it'll be, I mean, they saying all the right things without actually detailing, which worries me a little bit, but Sinclair has a lot of money. Hopefully they are doing actual testing. We don't know. MLW also hinted that they will be back soon. So I, I guess it's not so much about the COVID part for me. I mean, only time will tell what level of testing both of these companies do, but just in general, it's cool they're coming back. Is it the right time? Are they, I mean, for the talents that are, I mean, ROH is paying their talents, and that's great. MLW, Davey Boy Smith Jr. indicated that, and and there there may be varying contracts. You know, some may be different than others. But kind of indicating that, yeah, we're not working, so we don't get paid for that, you know, that that time. It's it's a per-show kind of a payment structure in most cases. So I understand the talent wants to come back and, and needs to. Totally respect that. But from a fan demand standpoint, is there going to be a ton of interest in this from not? I mean, anytime somebody tweets out something like we're coming back, there's going to be a group of fans that, yeah, can't wait, all that. But is there enough? You could, because you're not hearing from the people that are saying you're not going to see people go, oh, I'm not looking forward to this. They're just going to like, oh, they're coming back. OK, <laughs> they're not going to sit there and tweet about it. Right. But it could be a case of out of sight, out of mind. You know, the longer that you're gone, the more people are going to forget about you. Right. And maybe Ring of Honor, because of that, feels like we've got to get back out there. we got to get our product going. And we feel like we've got uh, it set up in a way now where we can, you know, create the safest environment that we can for our town. And we can go forward and start doing shows. I, I think that's probably the, the vantage point that they're looking at it from is like, hey, you know what? We we can't afford to miss out any more on, on our shows and, you know, being out of the conversation. So, okay, let's have a conversation about this. Can we put together shows? Where can we do it at? How are we going to structure this? Can we get talent here safely on all those different things? And are we going to test? And if they feel like they've hit all those benchmarks, then sure, go ahead and do the shows. Yeah. I, I'm just, I'm curious to see what level of interest there is now compared it, to what there tough. was. And yeah, it's I mean, a, not an easy I mean, answer. 
especially now with so many different things like um it, it's not even just wrestling related because people are going to watch wwe they're going to watch aew um some people watch impact some people watch new japan as well there was already a crowded landscape but then on top of that there's going to be some people that say I'm just not feeling it as much because there aren't the audiences. There's going to be some people that say I'm a wrestling fan, but I'm also a sports fan. And because of that, hey, look at this abundance of sports we're finally getting back now between baseball and hockey and basketball, you know, and, um, you know, Major League Soccer is even playing right now as well. So there's going to be some people that say, hey, you know what? I'm just not feeling it with wrestling, so I'm going to watch sports. And enter the United Wrestling Network and the NWA. They're launching... I believe it's a 90-minute per episode weekly pay-per-view series. They have not listed a price for this, but your thoughts on what seems to be Dave Marquez bringing back the old TNA approach, but now in 2020 with weekly pay-per-views. Yeah, I was going to say that that sounds eerily reminiscent of uh, TNA when they launched back in the day on Wednesday nights for $9.99 a week. Hey, good luck. Um it is a different year. It's a different landscape. I don't know what the price point is going to be like you. I think it has to be very cheap. And uh, we'll see what kind of demand there is for this because it's. I think it's going to be very tough because, like I said, you've already got a crowded landscape when it comes to wrestling. What kind of star power are they going to be able to provide? And are people going to be interested in paying every week? Because that's what you're asking for is you don't want an audience that just shows up once a month or you know, twice a month, you want people to tune in each and every week. And that means paying each and every week as well. And I typically, I think that's, that's very difficult. Now here's, I guess, just a little bit of the the difference between what's happening now compared to TNA's approach. Uh, Number one production, you know, they, they don't need to spend nearly as much as TNA did back in the day. They're The press release didn't really spell things out as well as I was hoping it would. They're saying fight TV and pay-per-view. So are they actually going to be on pay-per-view television? Now, I don't know if they could get away with just doing the streaming approach, if the pay-per-view company would accept it, or if they're going to want a production truck there. Because if you want a production truck there, that expense goes way up. But if this, let's, let's just say this is streaming only. Uh, that's a hell of a lot cheaper than what uh, TNA's approach was back in the day. Uh, you can, you know, you can put on a show, uh, uh, the production of it much more affordably than you could back then. Uh, the other difference I would say is people, you don't have to go through your satellite provider. Fight TV is an easy option, but the, I think the bigger one when it comes to um, United Wrestling Network and the NWA is really that there's the a la carte option. That was something that Jerry Jarrett, from the, when, when TNA was forming, I remember hearing he wanted there to be a season pass. Basically, you pay a discounted rate up front in order to get a year of the TNA pay-per-views. And I, I don't know if it was a technology thing or the pay-per-view company just didn't care enough to do it, but it never happened. Where this, I think you're going to be able to do that. You you can, yes, you can order, um, you can order the a la carte. I, I think I may have misworded that. You can order one show, you can order on a show-by-show basis for whatever the price is, or you can pay that discounted rate for maybe a month, maybe six months, maybe a year, whatever it is. I, that helps them. I don't know that it's enough. I think the timing of this is terrible. That's I mean, we're in a pandemic. We're seeing the numbers go down and a little bit up lately for the, the shows, but still down compared to where they were. 
I, I think the, the timing of this is just foolish. I, I would not be trying this in the midst of a pandemic. I, I just wouldn't. It may be a concept that works down the road. I, I don't have high hopes for this right now, Brian. Yeah, that's the troubling thing is people don't have as much disposable income. And you, and then on top of that, the presentation is going to be so different because you don't have an audience there. It, it's going to be tough. It was going to be tough regardless. And that's why I'm very curious to see what the price point is going to be because is it going to be like $5 a show? But then if you want to get a month's worth of show, maybe it's 15 something like that. But still, you're asking people to come up with $15, you know, minimum for a month for – you know, or they could the watch show? Raw, SmackDown, AEW, NXT, Impact Wrestling, if they get it on their system. Oh, and MLW and Ring of Honor are coming back, too, and New Japan. I mean, there's just so many options out there that are more affordable for people. Absolutely. And and the other thing is, too, like, okay, so now could it be cheaper? Maybe. But you're still asking people to pay for something else that, like, you, you can make the argument that, obviously, hey, if I want to watch WWE or AEW, i got to have cable or... You know, I, I've got to have some kind of platform that I'm paying for to get that. Now, mind you, you're getting all the other channels with that. You're not getting that a la carte um, like you could be when it comes to this. You're, you're just paying specifically for this product. But what is going to be special about this product that's going to make you want to pay for it time and time again? And what's a price point that, you know, maybe it is just streaming and maybe the production cost can be kept super low. But there still has to be a point where they can say, this is something that is, you know, that makes sense for us to do uh, as a company to where we're not losing a lot of money or any money, even if we just break even because we've got whatever pr production costs we do have, we've got to pay talent, uh, any kind of promotion, different things like that. So what is that number where you feel you can do that and would entice people to pay that number, you know, either once a month, once a year or even every week? So I need to backtrack because I was saying, I don't know if the technology is there. And I just looked it up. It certainly was for, so I definitely misspoke with the a la carte. So Jerry wanted to do like a season pass kind of a setup similar to NFL Sunday ticket. And I just looked that up. Sunday ticket was launched in 1994. So the technology definitely existed. It's just, I don't think TNA was enough of a priority for the cable and satellite companies to put an NFL ticket type of thing together where you pay for TNA a discounted rate. But I just wanted to cover that. So, I mean, hey, I, I hope this does well for them. I'm not rooting against United Wrestling Network and the NWA by any means, but I, I can't help but just be a little skeptical of this model. We'll see. I think it could be very, be very much like the XFL originally where you get, and even again, this time around, just to a lesser degree, you touched on it earlier, those big numbers out of the gate. Um, and I'm not saying they're going to do huge XFL-like numbers. I'm just saying their biggest number may be week one. And yeah. and then it trickles down from there. We'll see. I, I hope it goes well for him. But speaking of the XFL, to close, every time I think I'm done talking about the XFL, Brian, something happens where it stays kind of relevant for pro wrestling fans. Vince McMahon owned the first version. Of course, it failed. Then he brought it back. I was like, oh, my God, what are you doing? And it failed. And people like to, well, the numbers weren't going down as bad. It's just because they weren't. No, the numbers were going down. Even if you take out that they were, if you just look at the network games alone, they were still going down. Uh, but uh, the 
new version is going to be fronted by Dwayne The Rock Johnson, who, along with his ex-wife and current and longtime business partner, Danny Garcia, and Redbird, I believe it is, is the name of the other investment group, they, they purchased this thing. $15 million bucks out of bankruptcy. Only bidders. I, I, I don't know, man. Um, I, I guess just your thoughts initially. Can The Rock make this work? Unlike Vince McMahon, who has swung and missed. And yes, there was a pandemic. He has that excuse. But still. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's going to be a different formula than what Vince was going to do, where Vince obviously was willing to lose hundreds of millions of dollars in the investing in this. And he did. a couple of years. And, you know, he already lost over $100 million in it. And he's prepared to lose a lot more until he felt like he could get that television deal. And I think it's going to be run differently. I don't know how much money really came out of the Rock's pocket. I know they said five million dollars each person. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's the case. Maybe it did show over five million. But I mean, that investment company is going to be the one coming up with a lot of the money from here forward. I would think. I'm going to be curious to see how they structure everything and what they can do. There's already been some talk that Fox Sports is interested. And maybe they do have a deal on the table where they will get paid, unlike what was going on with Vince McMahon. And if that is the case, you know, maybe that maybe that's why I said they're interested in it, because they said before we even put in a bid on this, hey, let's shop this around. Let's talk to some people and see if there is an interest level um, for getting, you know, paid to put on XFL shows. Maybe there is. Um, that would be a little bit surprising. Um, just from the standpoint that, you know, when Vince is running it, they were not getting paid to do uh, any of the games or were not planning on it for the first three years. Maybe something changed there. Um, I guess we'll just have to see. I mean, I would think that, you know, it, it's a it's a low money risk right now for The Rock and the people. But it that gets are expensive in, in a hurry. Yeah, it does. And, and, but I would think that they they must know something or feel like this is a, enough of a calculated risk that they feel like. We think this, this, and this can fall together to where, you know, we can make this work. We, you know, maybe, maybe it won't be on the grand scale that uh, that Vince was thinking. Maybe it's going to be redefined. Maybe there's going to be less teams. Um, maybe there's other ways that they think they can cut down production, and maybe they do have um, a television deal in play here. But I think that's that's the thing is going to be how is this different from the way that Vince imagined this to where they feel like it's a worthwhile investment. Rock has a lot of connections. Obviously, the NBC one with the Titan games, that helps. Um, he's you know one of the biggest celebrities in the world. That helps. Doesn't have the baggage that Vince McMahon does in the sports world. 
the XFL, is, even though it didn't perform extremely well this, the second time around, I think a lot of the baggage from the first go-round disappeared. And I think that's why they were okay with acquiring this. Jake Barnett mentioned that in Donnet Weekly, that this version of it did seem to get rid of some of that stigma of, of just, you know, the wrestling guy running a football league. It was professional enough in the five weeks that it lasted or whatever it was uh, with Oliver Luck behind it. And, and it just, you know, it wasn't the big circus like the first version became. So I'm a little more optimistic with Dwayne Johnson and company running it. Like you, I would think they must know something, whether they've got some NFL connection, NFL's willing to work with them to serve as a feeder system, or it is a streaming or network partner that's uh, pretty much all but officially signed on to this. It's not a huge investment now, but as I mentioned, you know, that goes up in a hurry. A football league is not a cheap thing to run. Um, I don't know if they will try to bring in, if they're going to take the Vince approach and they own the entire league and they run all the teams, or if they're going to look for franchise owners. Uh, You know, that's a possibility at, at some point. But it's still the, the the thing I never could wrap my mind around when it came to the XFL as a football fan. And as everybody knows, even from this boom podcast, given the opening of the show, I'm a huge football fan. I don't like second rate football, Brian. I don't have interest in watching minor league football. And some people do. I just don't know that there's enough of them. Yeah, I agree with you because I'm the same way. Like, I'm, I'm somebody that. As much as I like sports, I'm a big fan of pro sports. Um, I enjoy some college sports. There are some people that enjoy college more than pro because yeah. of the kind of the the lineage that goes with it, the attachment of going to a school or your, your parents did, and, and things like that. Um, but when it comes to these other you know sports, I have a hard time you know getting attached to them or really caring because just kind of the level of athlete and just kind of the way that some of these things are run. It's it just it doesn't uh, interest me that much. I mean, I, I I call myself a little bit of a sports snob because I watch sports because I want to see the best of the best do what they do. And I don't feel like I'm getting that in, in leagues like this. I mean, the Arena League had some fun with it, with its football, but it was different style being indoors. It was only 50 yards. It was paid at a, played at a different pace. But it wasn't like I was a huge fan of it, but there was times where I could watch some Arena Football League. But when it comes to, like, the first version or any, actually any version of the XFL or even that um, that other offshoot football league that yeah. was going on last year. And I mean, there, there's been so many other you know ones. I just haven't been interested. I mean, hey, I lived in Orlando for 35 years. Orlando is the king of, you know, second rate sports and how many came <laughs> through there. I mean, it's amazing. You know, we, Orlando Solar Bears are there, you know, which is a minor league hockey team, basically, um, which at one point were kind of a big deal in town and they won the championship and then they went away and then they came back and there there's been so many different sports that have come through that area it is incredible and i i just have a hard time getting behind these kind of second-rate sports i've told this story before i don't know if i told it on the boom so i will apologize in advance to anyone who's heard me say this uh, probably several times over the years I went to, we had an arena league team that lasted a year. The Minnesota Fighting Pike, of all things. The Fighting Pike? I believe the quarterback for the Pike was Ricky Foggy. It was somebody who was a quarterback for the Gophers, and that was kind of the connection. Um, Trying to bring people in, like a familiar name. And he was, you know, 
an average, to my recollection. I'm not a big college sports guy either, but I think an average college quarterback, but still had some name value. And I went to the game and had fun. Um, didn't even think about it at the time. They played the Iowa Barnstormers, looked it up years ago, and the opposing quarterback for the Iowa Barnstormers was a little bit better than Ricky Foggy. Maybe some guy that uh, you've heard of, Brian, Kurt Warner? Yeah, he was pretty good. He played for the Iowa Barnstormers. That's who I saw. I yeah. actually saw Kurt Warner play in the Arena Football League and didn't, of course, realize it until you know sometime late in his career. Like, I wonder, and sure enough, it was. I looked up, found the record for it. I saw Kurt Warner play in the Arena League. I think he might have even won a regional league championship or at least played in a championship game. I would assume so. I mean, but yeah, I mean, it was it was fun to attend once, and I could mm-hmm. see maybe going once a year or something. Kind of like I went to a lacrosse game. Uh, the Minnesota had a team for a few years, uh, indoor lacrosse. So I can't remember what the league is, but it was fun. Would it's I kind go of get one of those things where if you go with a bunch of buddies yeah. for just once in a blue moon, just on a night out, then yeah, I can see that. But it's a niche. It is. And I mean, I just have a hard time like saying, I'm going to be invested in this league. I'm going to pick a team or That's just whatever. It. And I'm going to watch on a week to week basis. Totally with you. Yep. I can have fun going once, but I'm not going to get season tickets. I can't imagine I'm going to follow this team on, on TV or anything like that. Uh, anyhow, we have reached the end of the, uh, the the show limit today, Brian, but I want to give you a chance. Plug anything you got going on. Well, if people want to follow me on social media, that's probably the best thing to do is just, just follow me on Twitter. It's at Brian Fritz, and uh, you can check out my various thoughts there on wrestling and anything else going on. And probably some Lakers coming up, I would assume. Yes. Uh, well, the, the the quote-unquote regular season for the NBA is uh, coming to an end here in the next couple of days and then the playoffs. So I'm a big Lakers fan, um, so I'll be doing, watching that. Uh, I'm a big Cubs fan. Uh, the World Series doesn't count this year unless the Cubs win it, and uh, they're currently in first place. So I am invested in my uh, my Cubbies, as always. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, sports, uh, I'm glad sports are back right now. Final question for you. Uh, so even if it's not the Cubs, just some other team wins the World Series. Does this one count more than when the Astros won? Oh, the the uh, the Asterix championship from yes. last year. Yeah, that the Astros are the luckiest team out there that this virus happened because I was so looking forward to them playing eighty-one games on the road and being booed, heckled, insulted, everything for what they did to baseball last year in, in cheating the way that they did. I mean, they are so lucky. And, yeah, their championship doesn't matter. The, the, the World Series win in 2019, that is worthless. All right, one more bonus question. Yeah. What matters more, the Astros World Series championship or the WWE 24-7 championship? Ooh. Man, maybe last man standing in Kumite. I don't know. <laughs> um, 24-7, because we all know that that's fake. I mean, the, the Astros title is worthless because they cheated to get there. Well, there goes the listenership in Houston. Sorry, Astro fans, but the man does have a point. Still, direct all of your hate tweets to at Brian Fritz. Many thanks to Brian for joining me, and thank you all for listening. Stop back and join me again right here next week on The Boom.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.